Hello and welcome to the Hawaii Catholic Herald's podcast. I'm Anna Weaver, the Herald's associate editor, and I'm starting off this podcast with a full disclosure about my interview subject. We're talking with the Diocese of Honolulu's Director of Permanent Deacons, who also happens to be my father, Michael Weaver. Welcome, Deacon Weaver slash dad. Hello there, associate editor slash daughter. That is what I am, yes. Thanks for um, being willing to step in to record an episode of the podcast and um, talk to us today about the permanent diaconate here in Hawaii. My pleasure. Glad to do it. Um, I wanted to start off by asking you how you decided to become a deacon. Well, officially, I made the decision in 2009 when I decided to enter the five-year formation program. But when I look back on it, I was discerning that decision quite a long time before that. Uh, my father, your grandfather, Jerome Weaver, was a deacon, the second class of deacons in the Diocese of Honolulu. And having been around him as I grew up really was a major part of that discernment and that decision. So your position as the director of permanent deacons is different than the role of the formation directors for the diaconate program. Can you talk a little bit about your role? Sure. My role as the director of permanent deacons is Primarily, I'm a liaison between the deacon community and the bishop. Uh, we have such a good support person in Bishop Silva, and my basic responsibility is to make sure the deacon community stays in touch with him and that he's aware of the needs and desires and plans of the deacon community. I'm also in a similar role with the pastors of the parishes that have deacons. They kind of talk to me when they need to deal with a particular issue dealing with deacons. I'm also in charge of the continuing formation of deacons after they're ordained. What kind of formation do you do? Well, part of it would be determining what kind of educational programs the deacons might benefit from. Uh, perhaps they need to have uh, or they desire more work in homiletics, or maybe there's a theological issue that they need background on. I also uh, work with the deacon council in planning the annual retreat and the annual summer institute, which is focusing on that continuing development. There's a deacon council, huh? What do you, how many people are on that? The deacon council is composed of, well, there's an executive committee, a chair, vice chair, and a secretary. And then each of the vicariates in the diocese has two representatives. Uh, In some cases, it's two deacons. In some cases, it's a deacon and a deacon's wife. Uh, But their job is to take a look at their particular vicariate, report to the deacon council as to the situations in their vicariate, and then the deacon council relays that to me. I relay it to the bishop. It sounds inefficient, but it really works very well. Okay. (laughs) Um, And for those that might not know, um, most deacons don't get paid for being a deacon unless they're somehow employed... Like, for instance, Deacon Keith Kabilis, the diocesan chancellor, he works for the diocese. But it's a, an addition to a full-time job or if somebody is perhaps retired. Is that correct? That, that's correct. Uh, many of our deacons have full-time paying jobs. I am a teacher at Chaminade University. That's my paying job. Uh, my ministry as a deacon is not something I'm paid for. Okay. But you also do hospice ministry. I do hospice mm-hmm. ministry. And in my parish, I do marriage preparation and baptism classes. Uh, I also work with many of the different groups in, within the diocese in those similar areas. Okay. And how would you 
boil it down to the responsibilities of a deacon, what do they do exactly? Because I think sometimes people get them confused. What can a deacon do that a priest can do, and where does it overlap? Yeah, there is a little bit of an overlap. As an ordained clergy, which is what a deacon is, as a priest is, we are ordained, though, for different types of ministry. We uh, can be sacramentally the similar to the priests. We can administer almost all of the sacraments. We cannot anoint the sick, and that's simply because the sacrament of reconciliation is involved in that. And uh, but uh, all the other sacraments, well, not holy orders, I guess. But we can we can baptize, we can marry, we do funerals. Um, you can't hear confessions. And can't hear confessions. You can't consecrate. The, the body and blood of Christ. You can't say Mass, but you could hold a communion service? I can hold a communion service with uh, consecrated hosts. Mm-hmm. The deacon is really primarily ordained for three major ministries. The first ministry is to be minister of the Word. So the deacon proclaims the Gospel at Mass, and he also gives the homily at Mass, instructing and explaining the readings, etc. Then the deacon is also ordained as a minister of the cup, so we are present on the altar to work uh, as an assistant to the priest during the Mass, uh, preparing the chalice and saying some of the prayers in the Mass. But our primary ministry, the one that we are really primarily ordained for, is ministry of service, or as officially it's called ministry of charity, and that we do service wherever we're needed. Okay. Um I do think people often, because it's so prominent, think of the deacons saying homilies at Mass. And I am biased, but you have been told that you're a good homilist. So can you talk a little bit about uh, preparing homilies or what makes a good homily? Um, you know, any kind of tips sure. you have? Uh, maybe I can just say a real quick word. In formation, you spend probably three of the five years in formation practicing homilies, hmm. learning homiletics. But... Once you're ordained, then you actually have to do what you were practicing. So for me, preparing a homily begins the week before I do a homily. I will sit down on the previous Sunday night or Monday, look over the readings for the week, and then I spend a couple days just praying and reflecting. You know, there's a practical side to giving a homily, learning how to project your voice and how to create a a good uh, homily. But there is an even bigger part, which is the spiritual aspects, because there's involving a lot of prayer and reflection and trying to guide, the, have the Spirit guide you in creating that homily. And when you're actually delivering your homily, do you feel like you're being guided in it? Or is it kind of, I don't know, you're just giving it? <laughs> it it's, it's hard to say one or the other. I can tell you, if very often, I will finish a homily and not know where that homily came from. In other words, I had something I planned to say, but for some reason I felt compelled or guided to say something else. At those moments, I feel like that the Holy Spirit is guiding me. I have the structure, but then the Spirit takes me. And so often, and I can't even tell you the number of times, someone will come up to me after Mass and say, how did you know that's exactly what I needed to hear? And that's where it's the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, not me, guiding me, for that person. That's awesome. Do you ever have people saying, I don't think the Holy Spirit told you to tell that joke? You know, didn't go no, over well? No, because all of my jokes, as you know, <laughs> are perfectly humorous and always apropos and mm-hmm, up to date. Mm-hmm. Up to date, okay. yes. Um, I also wanted to ask you about uh, 
the difference between a permanent deacon and a transitional deacon. Can you explain that? Sure. Uh, when a man is studying for the priesthood, when he gets close to the end of his period of formation, he is ordained as a deacon. But it is called a transitional deacon because it's the last stage of his preparation to be ordained as a priest. Deacons, our ordination is, is the final step in our formation. Actually, the right of a and when a transitional deacon is ordained is exactly the same as the right uh, for a permanent deacon. Mm. So we are all deacons. It's just that they move on to another factor. Okay. Um, do you have any advice for someone that's considering if they have a vocation for the diaconate? I think a practical side would be find a deacon that you like. Find a deacon in your parish or in the diocese. Just talk to them about it. Um, and I certainly think prayer is important. Uh, there is uh, a great deal of information on the uh, formation office on the diocesan website. There's some, some videos there. Um, and I just think you need to pray and reflect. As I said, there were many years before I actually entered formation where I thought about it and prayed about it and eventually made that decision. But there's a lot of resources out there. Okay. And... Um... The spouse of the potential deacon has to be on board with the five years of formation and then the commitment afterwards, right? That's exactly right. The The uh, diocese, well, actually, this is not just the diocesan rules. The, di the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops says that unless the wife agrees to and supports her husband's decision to go into formation, then that, that man will not be uh, admitted uh, to formation. And throughout the process, the wives in the Diocese of Honolulu, it's not the case in every diocese, but in our diocese, our wives went with us through all five years, attended all the sessions, in many cases took many of the same courses for academic credit. Um, and at the end of the five years, as we prepare for ordination, one of the things the wife has to do is write a letter to the bishop talking about why she feels her husband should be admitted to ordination. And without that, it can't be completed. She's an integral partner. She's not, I would, some people say she's a support. Well, in a sense she is, but she's an equal partner. She's not mm -hmm. like a secondary person at all. Mm -hmm. Much like a marriage Much is like a, a marriage. partnership. Yes. yes. Um, well, great. Anything else you'd like to say about the diaconate? Uh, the one final thing would be to just say, you know, some people say, well, gee, uh, the diaconate is so new, how come the church decided to do it? And then the reality is that although the official diaconate was restored in Vatican II, the role of the deacon in the church goes back to the original days of the church. St. Stephen was a deacon. There were seven men who were chosen to be deacons in the church. So there was a long history of the diaconate in the church. It's gone through some very strong times some weak times, uh, but it's, it's, it's um, as much a part of the church as anything else. All right, good to know. Well, thank you for uh, letting me grill you here uh, all about permanent deacons. So. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Say hi to your mom. Uh, yes. <laughs> and thank you for joining us again today for the Hawaii Catholic Herald's podcast. We'll be back in another two weeks.